Gaming History 101. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me tonight from somewhere in the UK is none other than my partner in crime, Mr. Jamalias, who unfortunately isn't here right now. He will be along shortly. We're just dealing with a couple of things, but since it is our super spectacular uh, community cast and the fact that uh, for those of you who come out and join, I am unfortunately running late today and everything like that, we are going to get going. Um, So we've got some wonderful things to talk about tonight, uh, including we've got uh, top 10 uh, Game Boy games as voted on by you, the community, to kind of rebuttal... um, our own top 10 ranking. So we will be uh, sharing each person's ranking and then how those scores work out in just a moment. Uh, then when uh, Jam gets back, we're going to be debating um, the the 30 games in the NES Classic Edition and uh, ranking them. So we're going to do a little bit with that. And then we've got a little bit of news about uh, the fundraiser and kind of the plans moving forward. Oh, we also have uh, an Ask Me Anything kind of thing. Although only one person sent it, although anybody out there who wants to send along another one, feel free to and those of you in the chat also welcome to um all right so um we are live here on all games every tuesday night 7 p.m eastern standard time midnight gmt and 11 a.m i believe uh australian time uh for you to come join get in the chat have some conversations things like that Uh, we'll have some fun um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, we are going to, uh, we are going to be kicking it off, uh, with the Game Boy community top 10. So, um, no, Dave, I, uh, that first part was just me riffing and then we started the podcast proper. <laughs> A couple of people are curious why, why we were doing the podcast and then we stopped, um, or started it over anyway. All right. So, Community top 10. We asked for your top 10 Game Boy game requests. And then what we did with those was um, we took those and we ranked them with everyone's number one pick getting 10 points, number 10 pick getting one point and everything in between, uh, you know, kind of working itself out. And from there, we can get kind of a community, um, uh, community, uh, you know, run top 10. And we've done this many times before. So, but we've got some new listeners um, and we've got some new uh, voters. So uh, we could definitely check that out. So I think with that, we should get started. And first one to chime in on this was Blake. Just making sure. Yep. Okay. Was Blake. And he says, I never owned a uh, Jedi Slurpee, by the way, for those of you in the chat. Uh, I never owned a Game Boy. But I played with my friends. Anyway, here's my top 10. Number 10, Alleyway. Fun game with its simple addictive gameplay showed off the console's appeal and lasting power. Number 9, Golf. So much fun. Was surprised at how much I enjoy it. Golf games are almost always fun. And that is absolutely true, especially for Nintendo. Uh, Number 8, Dr. Mario. 
Uh, he only leaves comments for some of these. Uh, number seven, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Fall of the Foot Clan. Number six, Kirby's Pinball Land. Number five, Kirby's Dreamland 2. Number four, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DS. Only played a little bit of it, but really enjoyed and was impressed that such an elaborate game existed on this little console. Number three, Tetris. Killer app. Absolutely. Uh, number two, Pokemon Blue. Oh my God, how adorable and addictive were these games. This is my this is the one my younger brother had, so this is the one I played. I should point out, uh, because some people played red, some people played blue, but outside of a, a couple of differences, they were essentially the same game. We did lump them together for the purposes of this because I think it would screw up the top tens. You know, if you played red or blue, you kind of played the same game, in my opinion. I, I hope people don't uh, uh, hate that uh too much um but uh anyway and number one super mario land 2 six golden coins freaking classic excellent gameplay wild environments and enemies so there you go um so that was from blake thank you very much blake um next up here uh, let me see i see chatters talking um but uh <laughs> But, uh, all right, let's go back here. There we go. Normally I have these all set up, but I didn't get a chance to. There we go. All right, next up, top 10 from Clue Drew. Uh, and he writes, uh, uh, okay, so I got the Game Boy Advance and didn't play many straight Game Boy games. They are similar games, but I enjoyed in a world hopping. Uh, okay, so let's talk about his games. He only voted two. So in those cases, called it a number two and a number one. Um, the One's nine points, one's ten points. So he just doesn't get an opportunity to. A lot of times we get a bunch of, you know, if there's a bunch of middle ground games, they can raise in the ranks and sometimes even overtake. So anyway, uh, number two for him was Pokemon Gold. And number one was Dragon Warrior Monsters 2 Kobe's Journey. And he says, so I got the Game Boy Advance and didn't play many straight Game Boy games. They are similar, but I enjoyed the world hopping narrative and 3v3 battle format of Kobe's journey more than Pokemon. Although Pokemon had better puzzles. I have fond memories of both, which is actually impressive as I don't enjoy the collect stat blocks type of game. From Kludrew. So thank you very much, Kludrew. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think he knew that right there. Um, but uh, all right, next up. Um, going back, uh, here we go. Next up is, here we go. Jake, Neo Jake, the guy who did our theme song. Thank you very much, Jake. He writes in, hey, Fred and Jam, I'm back, bitches. Here's my top 10 Game Boy, Game Boy Color games. Yes, Jake takes breaks of listening and then joins back in. So uh, number 10, Side Pocket. Pool, always fun. Nothing more needs to be said. Number nine, George Foreman KO Boxing. It's pretty reminiscent of Punch-Out, so you know it's good there. Actually, the second game I ever got for my Game Boy. There's a really interesting story behind the development of George Foreman KO Boxing I should look up someday and maybe put it up as an article or a, a mini podcast or something. Anyway, number eight, Kicks, Q-I-X. Some people call it Quicks. The arcade puzzle game in the palm of your hand. It gets tough and stressful, but it's hopelessly addicting. I'd have to totally agree with him. Like, uh, I, I always found Kicks uh, uh, kind of a big deal. Um, <clears throat> number seven, 
Faceball 2000. Simple? Yes. Lame? Maybe. But come on. It's a first-person shooter on the Game Boy. I spent way too many hours playing this game, and I'm still playing it via emulation on my phone on the bus to work. I've never played Faceball 2000. I need to look into that. Uh, number six, Super Mario Land. Hey, let's take the original Super Mario Brothers, have another development team make it, and add some shooter-style levels to throw on the Game Boy. Yes, please. Number five, Super Mario Brothers Deluxe. Take the masterpiece that is the first Super Mario and add a, a fresh coat of paint on it. Add some mini-games, some more bonuses, and save states. Add the lost levels. Throw it on Game Boy Color. Yay! Number four, F1 Race. It's Pole Position and Rad Racer, and you can do four players. Love it. I think I talked about F1 Race. I think that might have been in my 20 I brought to the table, but I didn't fight too hard for it. Anyway, number three, Tetris, because Tetris. Number two, Pokemon Red slash Blue. Sorry, yellow's not included because Pikachu just doesn't work out well as a starter. Your first gym is freaking is a freaking rock gym. Give me the other ones. And these are my favorite in the series because they're just simple, straightforward RPGs. To be honest, I'm playing through Blue again right now. And number one, Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins. Dude, it's Super Mario World. And the themes of different worlds are just so unique and a freaking pleasure to play. Damn, this was hard. I need a nap now. Thanks, guys. Be well. So there you go. Um, <clears throat> all right. Thank you, Jake. Next up, we have Andrew, man with good taste. Oh, wait, wait. Actually, no. I'm sorry. We don't. He sent in timed okay here we go yogi yogi sent in now here's the thing and people are probably going to be annoyed by this but he says this is, uh he said now in no particular order he gave his number one and then he gave nine more games which he claims is in no particular order but he did list them top to bottom so the way i looked at it was number 10 was the bottom number one was the top because he put his number one game there and i ranked them as such so you guys may hate me for that but that's what i did so anyway uh number 10 pokemon duh i counted that as red blue again he was kind of vague number nine battle toads both screw you fred <laughs> i notoriously do not uh do not um uh like battle toads so sorry uh number eight final fantasy legend one through three so since nobody else put a final fantasy legend in there it doesn't really matter which one it was because it didn't make the rankings but that was his number eight number seven tetris obviously he put some parentheses Number six, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I can only guess he means Follow the Foot Clan because the other Ninja Turtles was, I believe, called TMNT2. Uh, next up, he says Wario World. I'm going to guess he meant Wario Land because Wario World's a GameCube game. So I'm just going to say it's Super Mario Land 3 Wario Land. Um, <clears throat> number four. Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters. We got a Yu-Gi-Oh! fan in the house outside of the Pokemon. Uh, number three, Super Mario Land. Number two, Metroid 2 Return of Samus. And number one, he chose Mercenary Force. He said this is a refreshing take on shmups that throws in some RPG and tactics mechanics, placing a premium on team comps and formations. This game is one I'd throw money at like a dummy if someone remade it. Hell, maybe I will. <laughs> so, I've never heard of Mercury Force, um, which is interesting. So, uh, I need to 
look into that. So, uh, real quick, chatters, is there uh, any issues with the audio? Let me know. I know some people have issues and others don't. If it's enough people, though, I'll try to take a pause and, and fix the audio. But anyway, um, next up is Austin. Good old Austin. Um, he says, hey, Fred and Jam, just sending over my Game Boy Top 10. Hope it's not too late. No, it wasn't. My first experience with the Game Boy was in the Christmas of 1998 when I got specifically to play Pokemon, being seven at the time. As such, I have a big emphasis on the Pokemon titles, as I didn't play at least half of these games until recently, thanks to the 3DS Virtual Console. Hey, bully for that. Uh, here's my list. Number 10, Mario Land 2, six golden coins. This was the last 2D Mario platforming game that we got until New Super Mario Bros. in the DS many years later. A fun Mario game if short, and it introduced Wario. Number 9, Pokemon Gold slash Silver. Greatly expanded the first game, but the actual new region was kind of short. Probably the most hardcore entity in the series to date, which makes it still fun to go back to. Number 8, Donkey Kong 94. This game was greatly expanded on what you thought a Game Boy game was capable of. While the NES game was basically the arcade game, but shorter, this game had over 80 levels and tons of new mechanics. The amount of content is ridiculous, and the new mechanics are really fun. Not really a game quite like it. Highly recommended for that reason alone. On a side note, that is on the virtual console. Uh, that was my words, not his. Uh, number seven, Pokemon Trading Card Game. Card games will always make great mobile games. If you are a fan of the Pokemon Trading Card Game, this is the only official game adaptation you can get unless you speak Japanese. The card game itself is a lot of fun, and the UI for the title is perfectly service serviceable to still be fun today. It is. like is. I'm glad we had that on our list. Uh, I still like that game. Number six, Mario's Picross. You guys had te Tetris, I had Picross. One of the only puzzle titles I enjoy. The game is like Sudoku, but actually entertaining. It has a huge amount of content. Um, um, all right. Uh, hold on real quick, I'm seeing. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll address the Yu-Gi-Oh thing in a sec. Um, number five, Kirby's Adventure 2. Uh, which I believe is Kirby's, what was it? Kirby's Dreamland 2, I think it was, because Kirby's Adventure was on the NES, but Kirby's Dreamland was the first one on the Game Boy, and then I don't believe there's a Kirby's Adventure 2. I saw there was like a ROM hack of it, but let me double check this real quick. And I'm checking, I still don't see... Um, yeah, there we go. It's a ROM hack. So Kirby's Dreamland 2. So I'm going to guess that's what they meant. Um, <clears throat> anyway, Kirby's Adventure 2, a big step up from the original title. The game adds power-ups from the NES, but the animals flesh out the combat even more. I should have just read that. I would have known he was talking about Land 2. Um, Kirby's Dreamland 2. Uh, number four, The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons. Did you beat Link's Awakening and want more? Capcom and Nintendo teamed up to provide even more classic top-down Zelda games and release two separate adventures at the same time. I prefer this game over ages, but both are absolutely fantastic. What I think is really fantastic also is the different games. Like, that's that's pretty cool. Um, anyway. Uh, da -da -da. Uh, number three, Metroid. Oh, and by the way, thank you, Voss. I saw you, uh, correcting, uh, Metroid two return of Samus. The game I actually played just last year, but had a blast with you are dropped into a random planet tasked with committing Metroid genocide, wandering around with no map to stumble upon these Metroids entirely. Unlike the ones of the original game. Hey, hey, 
Is that Holy my man? Fuck. Is that my main man? <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm here. That, that the show can happened, start. You, uh, I, just so you know, we, we have started the show, so everything you say is on tape. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just figure it's best to let people know before they incriminate themselves. Yeah. Well, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm finally back. I was reading Community Top 10, so it was the one thing I could do. I prefer yeah, yeah. not to <laughs> do it without you, but it's the one thing I could do without you. <laughs> So, are you okay? Are we good? Yeah, no, we should be good now. So everything should right. be sorted. I, I think so clearly what must have happened is some crazy English whale or something must have just hit the internet pylon around here. Ah, or something. Flying, flying whales. Yeah, Strider told me about those. Um, <laughs> That's actually what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's badass, right? A flying internet whale is actually pretty badass, so... Um. All right. Well, we are in the middle of Austin's top 10, so I'm just going to wrap this up real quick. We're on Metroid 2, Return of Samus. Continuing on. um, Anyway, he said, uh, wandering around uh, with no map, you stumble upon these Metroids entirely unlike the ones from the original game. And as you kill them... Uh, and as you kill them, the ground will suddenly shake and an unknown area is now accessible to you. The game will seemingly, with seemingly nothing going for it, turns out to be a great entry in the series for nailing the isolation theme and the series is that the series is known for while am2r another metroid 2 remake is a much better modern interpretation metroid 2 is so unique and bizarre that it just begs to be experienced okay well i'm glad i i heard that because now i think i'll try metroid 2 again probably on super game boy um you know just so i can play it on a big tv but uh instead of uh just jumping that would be a good idea actually Yeah. yeah You'll still get the massive sprite, though. <laughs> Hell yeah, I will. Hell yeah, I will. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's straight karaoke while you're gone, Jam. It was great. You should hear my Neil Diamond. Anyway, um, <clears throat> number two, Pokemon Yellow. Fred, ah. you mentioned the Dragon Warrior Game Boy Color games as proving RPGs could be done on the go. This was the same thing for a younger generation. Actually, side note, I would argue this is probably better than dragon warrior on the go but you know there's that uh this game is a pretty solid rpg that holds up decently today and has a lot of content i picked yellow specifically as it features more color elements than the original titles and really rounds out a great game i realized an error i have made which is that i didn't count yellow as part of red blue i don't think i counted crystal as part of anyway all right We'll talk about it in a second. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. And number one, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DS. Ah, this is the killer <laughs> app of the Game Boy coming out a year after A Link to the Past. This game shares a lot more with that title than the NES original. Nintendo took the lesser hardware of the Game Boy and managed to make it an adventure that was more alike an SNES title than an NES one and really expanded on the ideas of what the system was capable of. The DX version proves this as even in 1998, the game stood just as strong as the original release this title is very easy to go back to even today and it's on sale right now in the eShop. now mind you he yeah. wrote oh, that America, yeah. he yeah. wrote that on december 2nd <laughs> <laughs> and stands strong as an excellent top-down zelda adventure although i personally prefer oracle of seasons as a game for historical reasons uh. this wins out as always thanks for the excellent show and for your great game boy top 10 people are being way nicer to us than when they first heard tetris as the top 10 um, yeah, it sounds like it. To be fair, I don't know that uh, 
that uh, Austin never had a problem. But uh, all right, here's Voss, and Voss is in the chat. So, um, mm. but uh, okay, here we go. I reckon there might be a oh, Kirby yeah. game on here. Um, <laughs> or a few no, games. he's got none. Actually, I, what I really like about Voss's uh, uh, list is uh, I've played some of these games um, for various reasons, Excellent. but. So here we go. Number 10, the Powerpuff Girls, Bad Mojo Jojo. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Nostalgia like is but... the only comment given. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, this game's not bad. Uh, my sister mm-hmm. had it, and I'm not too proud to play any video game. never heard of it. <laughs> uh, it it's not bad. I, I really like the Powerpuff Girls, though. Um, and I know people are like, what? But yeah, no, no, no. Like Growing up, like if you're forced to watch stuff, um, you can do a lot worse than that. The same is true of My Little Pony right now. Like, if I have to watch something, like, at least my daughter's ah, like, My a Little excuse. Pony and stuff. Yes, I'm a brony. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's that's the conclusion. <laughs> uh, number nine, Resident Evil Gaiden. Uh, I, I love this comment, too. Listen to Silent Evil Gaiden. Yes, yep. we did an episode, <laughs> and Voss uh, very clearly chimes in on his thoughts. Uh, number eight, Hamtaro. Ham Hams Unite. Yeah, it's a kid's game, but so what? It's cute and fun. The name <laughs> is awesome. Ham Taro? I just don't know it. I'm guessing it's a hamster game? It's got to be a hamster game. I've, right? never, I've just said that. I've never heard of that before. Emulation. It's just this, that name sounds great, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number seven, Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons. The game was so addictive, the season changes, unlocking new paths, and you can ride a kangaroo. Jesus, I need to play the Oracle games. Um, <laughs> oh, they're pretty good, yeah. Oh, and I always knew they were good. I never avoided them, I would say. Uh, I've just uh, really fallen behind on my portables. Uh, number six, Tetris. It's Tetris. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> well, boss answer, and it's perfect. Uh, number five, Kirby's Dreamland. A rather short and simple but magical journey that really relies more on persistence and slight timing than anything. It's still great. Number four, Pokemon trading card game. Yeah, I love this game too. It was really in the physical. I was really into the physical card game, but I never really had anyone to play with. So this was the next best thing. Agreed. Yeah. That was my problem as well. I, I played agree. Pokemon yeah. cards and everybody played magic and nobody would do both. So anyway. All right. Okay. Everybody agrees that Powerpuff Girls rock. Okay. Um, yes, I was a brother. I have two sisters. Enough said. Um, but yes, it wasn't mm-hmm. like I was tied down like fucking what's his face in a clockwork orange and forced to watch or anything. It just means it was, it was on TV and I flopped down and watched it. But, I drops and yeah, yeah. Wouldn't want my eyes to dry out. Um, th- then the assimilation can happen. Uh, but uh, anyway, <laughs> number three, Pokemon Red and Blue. Pretty much the beginning of an obsession with collecting perfectly mashed with RPG mechanics. I'll give him that. Number two, Kirby's Dreamland 2, an improvement over the original introducing yeah. the copy abilities established in Kirby's Adventure. Kirby's adorable animal friends, Koo, Rick, and Kine. Or is it Kine? It's K-I-N-E. And separate levels that you can go back to without having to replay the entire game again. Nice. That's actually something, I think they do that in Super Mario World, and, and, and good on them. Like, that's a, that's a great feature. Uh, that's really yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. limited to Nintendo games, really. But anyway... Mm. And number one, Pokemon Crystal. Everything from the original times two. You get to play eight new gyms with 100 or so new Pokemon, a day-night cycle, breeding Pokemon, 
why didn't someone tell <laughs> oh, yeah. me about this part? Um, and fi- after I've been exactly. watching Chocobos, fuck, I can watch Pokemon. Anyway, um, and finally, <laughs> the ability to play as a female. I'm sorry, Voss. I, I just stepped all over your your worthwhile, uh, your actual worthwhile comments. But anyway, breeding Pokemon, and finally, the ability to play as a female character. The only reason this was better than Gold Silver while still getting to play through the gyms and towns from the first game. Seriously, best sequel ever. Um, there you go. So, um, yeah, good thing you included color. I wouldn't have been able to make a top five. Didn't much play the pre-color due to my age. That's fair. Um, <laughs> We're old. <laughs> eh, even those who were around like me, like I had a hard time without col- without including the color stuff, so. Yeah. All right, our only native-born Australian listener. Um, He's on holiday uh, this week. <laughs> I know, and 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 Sparky is. I don't believe in the chat either, so that joke is lost. Anyway, uh, side Australians just they just get holiday Christmas off every year. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, Australians don't work on Christmas time, right? No. Um, Hey, Fred and Jam, sorry for the delay getting my top 10 to you, but it's been crazy hectic. The Game Boy was a system that I only just recently owned, though played many a game on one thanks to my cousin back in the day. So without further ado, I swear he's the reason I still say that phrase. Here's my top 10 games. Uh, Number 10, Space Invaders. Does that sound familiar, Jam? Yeah. Uh, what better yeah. way to spend your time getting to where you need better than passing time, shooting down aliens. Also, if you have a Super Game Boy, you can play two versions, the Game Boy version and the arcade version. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Now I suddenly yeah. want Space Invaders on the Game Boy. Um, number nine, Dr. Mario. What happens when Mario gets hit by a Tetris block? He wakes up in a hospital dreaming he's a doctor, prescribing meds by uh, to any Tom, Dick, and Harry. Saying that, though, Dr. Mario is a nice little puzzler, albeit a flagrant attempt at cashing in on Tetris. The game then starts off easy enough, but soon ramps up to the point where you throw your beloved Game Boy against the wall. Deep breaths, deep breaths. I'll give it to him. Like, not since they brought Ninja Gaiden Sigma to the Vita, and I'm like, really? <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> do, do you need to bring that particular game to a system that can be thrown? Um, I do remember getting pissed off at Dr. Mario on the uh, Game Boy, like, specifically. So, anyway. But, uh, eight, Blades of Steel. I didn't know this was on Game Boy. Uh, I was yeah, a huge... it was, yeah. Oh, okay, so you know it. Okay. Hmm. I feel like the way you and I can relive NES classics is mostly through the Game Boy ports. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, because I think that was kind of my in the, well, in the nostalgia days. Uh, I only played the Game Boy games. I didn't play the NES games exactly. until recently. Yeah, yeah. I was a huge fan of the NES version of this. So when I discovered my cousin had this on his Game Boy, I knew I had to play it. With the fast-paced action, the fights, and a slew of licensed NHL teams, what other sports game could be so much fun on a handheld? So I won. I personally am a fan of ice hockey more, but probably because it's less of an actual hockey game. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Nintendo's or ice hockey game. specifically, yeah. Anyway, and it wasn't on the Game Boy, so he wins there. Uh, number seven, Cat Trap. Another bizarre entry, yeah. but a nice little puzzler nevertheless. Think of Load Runner slash Boulder Dash. It also has a rather unique for its time rewind feature that would let you rewind time if you fluffed up a level. Do you know this game? I've not had this game. Okay. This sounds yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> now I want to look up Cat Trap. Anyway, um, this is another one I didn't know about. I'm sure people do, but I didn't know about this. Uh, number six, Operation C. A faithful Contra nope. <laughs> game for the Game Boy that packs all the action of the arcade NES games into Nintendo's handheld. What? 
<laughs> Did you know about this? <laughs> no, I didn't know about this one either. I know. Wow. I feel bad, I feel bad for not knowing these. So. Operation C is only 16 bucks on a cart. But if you want it complete, buddy, nice. 100 bucks. Anyway. Uh, emulation is good. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's free on emulation. It's weird. I checked my old emulation. Yep, it's free. <laughs> Still free. Anyway. Um, number five, Pipe Dream. Another game that I played on another system before playing it on the Game Boy. And yet another puzzler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I feel like, real quick before I continue, I feel like there there were two camps on the Game Boy, like, puzzler moving to portable that you played somewhere else. You either played Boxy or Pipe Dream. And I played Boxy. Or is it Boxel? I forgot. No, I'm well, Boxel sounds familiar. Well, I might be thinking of that um, 3DS Boxel. game. Wait. Yeah. Yes, it's Boxel. Sorry, B-O-X-X-L-E. Boxel. Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, this time in the guise of a plumber, not Mario, uh, though why Nintendo didn't wrap this as a Mario title boggle, it boggles me, whose job is to join up with uh, the connecting pipes to their taps uh, before the flowing water starts to overflow, a game that I still love to this day. I believe the mini game in the original Bioshock is very similar to Pipe Dream, but I could be wrong. Yep. Um, number four, Solomon's Club. Another one I didn't know. I have read these in advance, but I didn't know Solomon's Club either, which I believe is Solomon's Keys sequel. But anyway, that's no, yeah. That's what I was wondering. Is that through Solomon's Keys? That that sounds sure. familiar. He says it's a sequel, though. He says, another game I was pleased to find on the Game Boy with my co- uh, via my cousin with this little gem. <laughs> the smaller brother to Tecmo's most excellent arcade game. Most excellent. That's so Bill and Ted. Uh, arcade excellent. game is very <laughs> underrated. <laughs> Wild Stallions. Uh, the gameplay is just like the original where you have to guide your wizard through 60 levels, dodging enemies and placing slash destroying blocks that are in your path. The solid game, albeit very underestimated one. Wow. Those games are huge. Solomon's Key and Club. Uh, number three, Super Mario Land. What could be better than a Super Mario game? A Super Mario game that you can play on the go. Classic Mario gameplay makes up the rather simple graphics that will keep you coming back. On a side note, I never got to play the sequel to this, hence why it didn't make my list. Uh-huh. Shame on you. <laughs> uh, no. Number two, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. For the record, I counted this along with DX. Sorry. I know we made the distinction in ours, but I didn't expect listeners to. Uh, so the points are tallied up as such. Um, I've been a huge fan of the Zelda series since the first game on NES. And while it may have lost its way with some of the later titles we've seen over the years, Link's Awakening stands as uh, stands up with the very best of them. And number one, he picks Tetris. What can be said about a game that sold a gazillion Game Boys that hasn't been said already? Simply, Simple yet devil, devilishly addictive. This game will have you playing until the batteries run out. So there you go, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, boom. I think we gave a lot of love for Tetris. <laughs> we actually did. Yeah, I've I, we're down to the last two um, top tens. So do, 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 do actually, Alan threw in his at the last minute. Okay, I, I'll read Alan's here and then I'll adjust the scores on the fly. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, all right. And then, Jam, because I've been reading so much, I'll have you list the top 10 once we get there. I'm hoping you got that doc that I sent you. I've got that doc. Yep. Yep. yep I've got it. All righty. That's in front of me. So here we go. Oh, wait. Alan, uh, 
yes, wait, I did get Alan's and I got Dave's. Okay, nope, actually they're all counted for. Cool. Never mind. Okay. Haha. Yep. We don't have to do it on the fly. Um and the reason why is his number nine. You never forget Alan uh, Alan's number nine. So anyway, um, here we go. It may be too late, but I just wanted to throw my top ten list into the ring. It's not too late. You're good. We had to delay it. Uh, number ten, Donkey Kong Land. Number nine, mm-hmm. the Game Boy camera. That's why I knew his was in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and he says, uh, I know it's more of an accessory, but it did have mini games and they were fun. Clue yeah. <laughs> Drew, if you don't feel like Zelda's lost its way, good for you. Keep enjoying them. Um, number eight, Pokemon Pinball. Everybody ah, loved Pokemon. I'm surprised to see Pinball. Of course there was a Pinball game. Uh, number seven, Wario Land, which is uh, Super Mario Land 3. Uh, number six, Super Mario Land. There you go. <laughs> number five, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, uh, which includes DX, just for the record. Uh, number four, Tetris. Number three, mm-hmm. Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins. Number two, Pokemon Red slash blue. And number one, Kirby's Dream Land 2. A very, very popular title. So... Um, and last, but definitely not least, we have an entry from Dave. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Here we go. These are pretty unique, too. Um, uh, number 10, Bubble Ghost. You familiar with Bubble Ghost? Because I don't know this game. Sounds familiar, actually, Bubble Ghost. I wonder if that's yeah. tied to wow. the wow. Bubble Ball series. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's, a, it's a Nintendo FCI game. Um which are yeah, also ones not. who did Boxel. Uh, so no, yeah, I've, not, Dave, I've not played this. Yeah. Dave, if you want to just throw out a little synopsis of what this game is, let us know while we continue reading your list. Number nine, Blaster Master Boy. And actually, I need to go back because Yogi had some honorable mentions that I didn't mention because they weren't part of the top ten. So real quick, his honorable mentions that didn't make his list were Blaster Master Boy. That's why I thought of it. Mm-hmm. Oedipus Plex, which is a fun pun, but I didn't really care for that game. Both Ren and Stimpy games. Hey, wherever you found <laughs> fun, man. Uh, Gator Pinball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Castlevania 2. Seriously, guys? <laughs> you missed. He <laughs> also put Battletoads on his top 10. And he said, fuck you, Fred. It's a good game. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, back to Dave. Number 10, Bubble Ghost. Number 9, um, Blaster Master Boy. Number 8, TMNT 2, Back from the Sewers. That is a surprisingly deep game. Anyway, um, number seven, Metroid 2, Return of Samus. Number six, Dr. Mario. Number five, Revenge of the Gator, the pinball game we just talked about. It was on our list as well. Number four, Quirk. Now, are you familiar with Quirk? He looks kind of like a tomato with uh, sunglasses on. That does sound familiar. I remember the box art. I don't remember the game. I don't think I ever bought it or played it, but... You know box art a lot from that time period because, you know, you just peruse the, the toy stores and try to figure out. And there was no renting of Game Boy games. Um, number three. Oh, sorry. I guess I, I guess I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never rented a Game Boy game, but it just seems like it just seems. I'm yeah. sure no, I guess there were mom sense. and pop shops that did it, but uh, I, I just didn't go to those. Um, uh, I like I, I did go to mom and pop shops, but like none of mine had Game Boy rentals. Mm. Um Number three, the Castlevania Adventure. 
Oh, there we go. Yep. <laughs> That's for you. <laughs> I'm going to do a version of the Castlevania Adventure just oh, so people know. So, Dave. You have that Wii tuned. version. I do. Castlevania wow. Rebirth. Yes. Which is a fantastic game. It's what the adventure should have been. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh dave really likes it though and i totally respect even though i disagree mm. um number two super mario land and number one tetris there we go uh dave bubble ghost you have to blow a bubble through a maze with the ghost oh they had fans that would screw you up yes i do remember hearing about this game yes 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 but anyway all right and with that mr jam we have mm -hmm. all of our top 10s. Now, you have the big top 10 in front of you. Yep. You'll see there are all points on there. I've calculated all the points. Just a reminder for people mm -hmm. who didn't catch it at the beginning. If you gave it a number one, you got it. It got a 10. If you gave it a number or a number 10, it got a one and everything in between. Yes, I did not count 10. So let's go, Jam. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10 we have a four-way tie for number 10 <laughs> yeah that's what, that's what i found <laughs> <laughs> and if i don't it, i'll say this for the record and jam you are my witness here and we will post this up in the show notes so everyone can look at it if pokemon yellow counts as part of pokemon red blue it doesn't mm -hmm. matter because pokemon red blue would not move anywhere in the rankings if we counted it it had one yeah. vote, which would have been nine points. And the number one slot wins by more than nine points. And yeah. So anyway. People can guess probably, but we'll, we'll get, yeah. but uh, so, all right, Jam. Well, as you pointed out, the um the number ten is actually a four way tie. This is the only tie that we I know it isn't. We got we technically we have another tie as well, actually, which is the next oh, one. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Should yeah. we do a late edition? Jen put her list in Slack. Oh, Oh, yeah, we, I, we I, I thought you might have do done that yep. one already. But, oh, did you, have you seen it? Do you have it up? I have, see, I have seen it. Um, I can get it up, absolutely. Uh, hold on. You can get you it can up? Get it. Yeah, yeah, I won't be long. Let's just uh, let's sing a Christmas song or something. I don't know. <laughs> actually, this, this actually I, I got something for you. Uh, yeah, just uh, just keep doing what you're doing. I'll do what I'm doing. We'll... Uh, this is the point where my internet goes down again. <laughs> oh God, please no! Anyway, in the meantime, we're gonna we're gonna try to make this work. Uh, uh, give me one sec. Uh, I didn't know I was gonna have to come up with incremental music. Skipping through all the stuff. And... Here we go. I've got yeah, I've got it out now. So, okay, cool. Right. So yeah, so I, I'm her top ten. Starting from number ten is Tiny Toon Adventures, Bab's Big Break. Nice. And number nine, I think this might be the only mention of this next game, which is Yoshi's Cookie. Unless yes. you've read it out already on a different list of Pokemon I was off. Um, um, no, nobody voted for Yoshi's Cookie, so I'm just popping it in there. Keep going. Uh, number eight is Harvest Moon for ah, the Game Boy. Harvest Moon. Very popular title. Yeah. And number seven is Wario Land, a.k.a. Super Mario Land Free. Yes, hold on real quick. Let me find Wario Land... There we go. Um, and that was her number what? Number seven. That number one. seven. Okay. So and that. Okay, that actually makes a difference. Okay. Number six is Mario Land Two, 
six gold coins. Of course it is. Um, Maryland two, six golden coins. There it is. I'm looking right at it. And that was number six. And number five is Metroid 2. Okay, hold on. This is, wow, this is changing things <laughs> a lot. Maths on the fly. <laughs> Jen's changing things a lot. Uh, Metroid 2, Return of Samus. That's what. Okay. Number four is Tetris. Number four is Tetris. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and number three is Pokemon Blue. Number three is Pokemon Blue. Okay. Um, da, 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 quick mental math. There we go. Gotcha. And number two is The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Seasons slash Ages. So just put those together, those two. Okay. Uh, actually, hold on. There we go. It's going to go under Seasons because that was what people voted for mm -hmm. before. That's the highest one, yeah. So that's fine. Okay, that changes things too. And then number one is Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Which I think might change of things as well. Of course it is. <laughs> it changes things a little bit, but again, the, it does not affect the Pokemon thing. So that worked out. No. It does not yeah, affect still, where Pokemon's same. ranking would be, whether or not I count yellow. Mm -hmm. What it does do is change our top Sorry. 10. We don't th I don't think we have a tie anymore. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Thank you, Voss, for mentioning it. Ah. Wow. So that, it does that take care of it. That loses the tie, yeah. <laughs> no ties now. Jen killed so she's, she's the ties. Fixed it. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I'm sorry, Voss. I haven't been in the chat too much. Um <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> my internet went down <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah yeah um but you know what i have done at the same time it's allowed me to queue up the end of the show song <laughs> oh, pretty so all right jam are you ready so to do, do the this, amended top 10 do you want me to put the points as well, or shall I just do you the can list? yeah because i'm gonna put this yeah. uh i'm gonna do this google doc there's gonna be a, a link uh, sharing it with everybody so anyone will be able to go look this up so starting in at number 10 with 11 points is pokemon trading card game Woo -woo. Oh, i won't do that voice anyway. yeah <laughs> so yeah applause there um number nine is wario land um uh, which it yeah super Mario Land free um with 13 points and then moving on to number eight uh we have Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons with 19 points. And then moving up to number seven, we have Metroid 2 Return of Summers. Now, this is a big jump. This is 27 points, moving yes, from 19 to 27. Title. Mm -hmm. uh, a smaller jump up to number six, um, we have Kirby's Dreamland 2 with 31 points. And then with number five, we have Super Mario Land 2, six gold coins with 34 points. It's starting to, the gap is closing a bit now. Yeah, I'm super um, surprised that, because it comes up all the time, but it was all over the place mm -hmm. in people's lists. Mm. And then just one point higher, 35 points, um, number four is Super Mario Land 1, the very first game. Yeah, that one got a lot more love than I expected. Mm-hmm. And then number three, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX with 42 points. And that was Jen's doing. 
That was Jen pushing that one up. And then number two is Pokemon Red and Blue with 45 points. And if you count... And then finally... Well, and remember, if you count Yellow... Which would have had It would have given it points. nine more points, so it would have been uh, 54 and still lost mm -hmm. to the number one slot. Which had... Number one had 59 points. And if you hadn't guessed it already, guys, of course it's Tetris. <laughs> so, so for all the criticism we got... Y'all <laughs> yeah. came up with the same damn first one. So there you go. <laughs> See? Even you, community, cannot um, resist the temptation. I deny the awesome power of Tetris. <laughs> so there you go. That is the sometimes sometimes we're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <clears throat> but <clears throat> there are plenty of games on this list, and again, if you want access to them, it will be available tomorrow for a Google Doc for everyone to read. Mostly just in case you want to go. Hey, what was some of those games that they mentioned that like I'd want to see? Absolutely. And stuff? Yeah. I'm curious to check some of those out now. <laughs> right. I definitely need to go play Bubble Ghost. But. But yeah. All right. Next up, we are going to wrap the show ranking the NES Classic Edition. But before we do that, Jam, yeah, we have an Ask Me Anything from Strip Mahjong, which is a mm -hmm. wonderful listener who also crosses over uh, like, a, like a handful of you uh, from the Future Monkeys podcast. So we'll take a quick moment to plug them. He is just a community member of the Future Monkeys podcast, but uh, they are very community-oriented voicemails, emails, yeah. all that stuff. So you kind of become a co-host when you're on there, especially if you're someone like me who calls in all the time. So, Yep. Um, <laughs> Lots of voicemails from Fred. But, they, but they're a great show, and they, they definitely yeah, have absolutely. their own. And they're, uh, you know, the community part is only half an hour of their now usually two to three hour shows. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway. I don't think they do every week, though, do they? So it's what they make uh, up they for the... They usually do. Um, but yes, <laughs> they they are all quite busy people. Not that we aren't, but just hey. Um, but uh, but they they do uh, cancel if uh, not everybody's going to be there. Whereas we usually just scramble and find somebody else. So yep. Or one of the hosts is like late, so like he's waiting on his co-host, and then his internet shits the bed when he shows up. And then <laughs> do the yep, first half yep. solo. Anyway, <laughs> um, so here we go. That old chestnut. Carol. Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. He says, "Hi, Fred and Jam. Strip Mahjong here. I thought I'd write to answer." Your call for random questions made on the last show. My question is, what do you think of the current state of video game history preservation? Hmm. Uh, that is a very good question. He specifies a little bit more. He says, I admit this is yeah. kind of a vague question, but I've been trying to think of a better way to ask it. I really can't come up with anything more straightforward. The industry seems to have little interest in preserving or recording its own history. The work fans are doing to try to pick up and slack range, in my opinion, from quite good GH101 and Lost Treasures to quite problematic books like Console Wars. Yeah, I'm finishing mm. up Console Wars and Strip. I've got... It's weird. Like, Jam, have you ever read Console Wars? No, I haven't read that book. But I've, I've Sega read fanboys other... love it, but like... Yes. Sega did not have this kind of foresight. They're they're talking like Sega walked in there and Tom Klinsky was like, the fucking Super Nintendo shit. <laughs> Americans know it. It's nowhere near as good. It's not innovative. And Super Mario World is not a scary game. 
said no one ever. Like, mm. that, even now, Super Mario World is, in many people's eyes, seen as, like, the best game of all time. Like, yeah, yeah. The Super Nintendo. Even was, I agree, it's pretty yeah, awesome. <laughs> again, but yeah, anyway. Uh, there seems to be no real standard of quality that is either expected or delivered consistently. So what do you two think? Are things going as well as possible considering the industry's lack of interest? What do you think could be done better? And is there anything specific you think video game historians should focus more on? Sorry for such an odd question. Feel free to skip no, this one if it's a bit too vague. No, hell no. Um, hell no, no. I promise I won't not. be offended. Well, we didn't, so ha. Um, have a great show, guys. Uh, sorry, this is so last minute. No, 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 you're good. So, um, and then Dave's got one. So, um, so yeah, I have an answer for this, but I'm pretty active. Mm-hmm. So, Jam. Okay. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on this? So, the it, first question I think it's is, a, I, where do you think of the state of game preservation? Yeah, of course. I th- I actually really like the question. I mean, I know it's it's, it's a difficult. Obviously, it's it's very vague, but it it, it it I don't know how else you would answer this sort of question because there's not a there's not like loads of. It depends on what your take is on how because there's a lot of different ways people are preserving kind of gaming history. I mean, the obvious one that comes to my head straight away is there's a lot of the kind of like the parody kind of silly reviews. I, I don't. It's probably harsh to call them silly, but you know where the the YouTube kind of crowd brought retro game back into the limelight but they had a bit of fun by just kind of shitting on old games a lot really mm-hmm. just kind of you know yeah i don't know you know critics like avgn kind of brought that all back into limelight but even though that was actually kind of a, a shtick really it was an act all along but that that sort of brought retro gaming kind of a bit more popularized i'd say but i kind of felt from my perspective for wasn't the way i think people that like kind of the history and talking about this stuff wanted to I don't know what to deal with really, but so, but in, um, in this area of the world, in the UK, there is actually mm-hmm. a very, very good movement of um, people that are preserving it in kind of an educational way. There is a museum that opened recently, um, which is, there's actually two actually in this country now. I didn't even know about the second one until I like just happened to stumble across it the other, like the other, a few months ago. Um, one of them is in sort of the, I think, I believe, I'll find out for people. It's in, if, if you live in the UK, of course, is in Northampton region, um, or it might be in Nottingham. I'll find it out, which is basically a, a museum that's kind of just dedicated to preserving like you know, old consoles and you know, and games and stuff like that and showcasing it. But recently I found out there's also one in Cambridge, which is actually quite close to where I live at the moment, nice. um, which is also doing the same. They're keeping old consoles and they take donations and stuff. I was even thinking of donating some of my old, some of the collection I just don't really use much anymore just because they, the people there just seem quite they're quite they're quite passionate they're quite keen to kind of keep on this but more importantly they're they're very keen to share it with people which is nice to see actually and just sort of show that they even they've even i was surprised to hear they actually do school trips to this place now <laughs> so schools are actually showing kids this stuff that's awesome which is interesting which i thought was kind of cool actually um there's um yeah, it is. so when it comes to kind of, that's kind of on the museum front there's probably only two that i know of of course um the science museum which is the big museum in london fred which um you know if you're ever in london that's a cool place to go just for technology generally um it's a huge place and it's always that occasionally seasonally has video game bits that showcase there that's always quite interesting to look at um the when it comes to books um there's a few things that are definitely worth checking out over here most of the developers that are kind of gone now like ocean software fred you might remember heard of them before They've released oh, um, well. 
yeah you know, yeah so they've released a book uh, i believe it was like a kickstarter possibly but that book is now actually available now for just for for people which documents their history and that's that's quite a good read because it is from the people that worked in there uh they've done an amiga one as well recently which is pretty good i can't remember the title of that that one eludes me so and th- those are those are quite prominent especially people that are found of the microcomputer era these are all like definitely worth our reads and they're usually um, available at retro gaming conventions um which is another thing is i could always, i could talk there's there's a few there's not there's not loads in the uk but there are a few retro game conventions there was definitely like promoting retro gaming but that's kind of um what we have over here but and i know i should be a bit more i, I want to be fair honestly on youtube because there are some channels that generally like you know they do talk about retro gaming and kind of look but there's also they're kind of a bit split though and i don't know if you agree with me fred where you got the channels that talk about retro games as games and you've got channels that are more just about collecting which are kind of two different things really I we've got agree. the Can, I, it's, the, it's controversial that i agree but yes yeah. the other thing we see is straight up fraud uh dave and i were looking into something recently uh and okay fraud is too harsh way too harsh but there there are a lot of podcasts um that Eh. Okay. <laughs> That's probably a good word for it. <laughs> it's fine if you want to be a retro podcast, and it's even fine if you're young and into retro. You don't need to have been here to appreciate it. You and I appreciate no, plenty of games not. that predate us. Um, that said, don't be a retro podcast and talk about news. It We even did it for a while, We, but we at least did retro news. Like it was news on old things coming back, right? I think that's the only yeah, good yeah. news you can do. But like, yeah, like we were listening to this one and it's like, uh, we're a retro podcast and uh, the name of the po- the name of the particular episode was Skate or Die. You'll be shocked to learn there was no discussion of the game Skate or Die at all. I don't really know where that came from. And they stopped in the middle of not, and they were talking about game development on modern consoles. Like they were talking with a developer who made a bunch of, well, he claimed to make a bunch of games, but he didn't have any stories to tell, which is always like kind of a red flag for me. And then the last Mm. part was, and oh, and then now he's a self-employed indie developer, which is another red flag. It's like, oh, you went from a major studio at Sony to being an in-home indie developer. Okay. Oh, but you don't have a game yeah. to tell us you made? That's weird. Um, so there's that. And then they switch and they're like, okay, now let's talk about Wii U development and PlayStation 4 development. And I was like, no, no, yeah. what? What? And like the trends for the Xbox next year and Scorpio and all this stuff. And I said, oh, no, you guys devolved into a normal podcast. That's fine, but then don't be a retro podcast, right? There's there's no place yeah, for yeah. that. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> cute. Sure, they didn't say skate or lie. No, no. And you know what? They're, again, they, they, they had good chemistry. They had what it takes to be a good podcast. I just think their branding kind of sucks. Stay on brand, kids. Stay on brand. <laughs> all right, Jam. I'm going to try to wrap up my thoughts very briefly. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> first of all, uh, he asks, uh, video game history preservation. Specifically preservation. That... I think exists in two forms. Uh, the first one, which is the only one of its type that I can really think about uh, outside of the mainstream stuff, like the Smithsonian stuff and that Texas uh, museum, kind of the museums you were talking about jam. And of course I mm. want to take a moment to plug uh, my friend, our friend Sid Bolton. 
He is in the Lost mm. Treasures of Gaming podcast, but he also does the Lost Treasures of Gaming segment on the... Um, oh, I cannot believe I just blanked on your show, Sean. Um, the... Oh my God, I've got... OMGNexus.com podcast. Uh, anyway, he runs the Canadian Computing Museum. It's huge. It's in Ontario. Wow, that's and cool. Yeah. It's very impressive. He does all kinds of stuff. I believe they're not for profit. I believe he might run it out of like a portion of his house or like a, a like a part of his property or something. I can't r recall off the top of my head. But at first you hear his story and you're like, oh, it's in a house or it's just off of his property. Eh, it's this or that. Then you see pictures and events they do and the coverage that he gets with the Ontario newspapers. And you're like, no, this is different. This is the guy I want to donate my stuff to. You know what I mean? Mm. So uh, I like that kind of stuff. But the thing with that is that is preservation and it's on different levels right i would say the smithsonian kind of curates maybe to a certain extent so does the texas one and then mm. there is and and so you'll see i guess i would say you'll see exhibits on things we've all seen right the nes everybody's yeah, seen yeah, the NES. it's not to sound like indiana jones but it doesn't belong in a museum um <laughs> that's it's, it's probably a good way of putting it though sid has a different mentality and it's better but it has its own problems. And again, Sid, I'm not telling you, how, I'm not criticizing. I'm just, I don't know what the solution is. I'm, I'm admitting that freely right off the top of my head, which is he takes in everything. He curates what to put on display. But if you want to go through his shelves, and I mean, think of fucking like library bookshelves, just full jam of like cassettes and carts. It's mostly microcomputer stuff. Like it's very impressive. impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's got like absolutely everything. He's even got board games and stuff like that. Tabletop. Oh, wow. Go but then he space. curates what he puts <laughs> out and that I like Sid knows enough yeah, about yeah. gaming. Um, you know, that he does stuff like that and they've even done fun stuff. Did you know they found the HD DVD version of Dragon's Lair? And I don't know if this oh, is really? done yet, but for 50 bucks, you can buy one of the, they're doing a very limited print run of like 500 or 5,000 and it's an HD DVD. It's an, you have to have an HD DVD player cool. to run it and they're releasing it. And you know, uh, and it's not of Dragon's Lair. I'm sorry. It's of Space Ace. I'll space Maybe yeah, yeah. nobody wants well, I... that, but he loves Don Bluth. He loves Dirk the Daring. He loves Dragon's Lair, and he was part of that preservation. <clears throat> Bringing that stuff to light and, and collecting it and letting people see it is cool. That, to a certain extent, is what I do in my house, although not in a real distribution standpoint. The mm -hmm. last part is something that I don't think anybody's really done before, which is Frank Cifaldi and his uh, buddies got together and created the Video Game History Foundation. Are you familiar with this, Jim? I'm not actually, no. Gamehistory.org. Head on over there. Mm. Subscribe to their list. We're already on it. You know when you subscribe to a list <laughs> and you hope they don't send you anything? This is the opposite. I've subscribed and not gotten anything yet. Um, but it's a non-for-profit. Here, I'll, I'll just tell, say what he says. The Video Game History Foundation is a U.S.-based, globally-focused 501c3 charitable organization dedicated to cataloging, digitizing, and preserving the history of the video game industry and the culture it spawned. So there you go. Hey. Led by Frank Cifaldi of Lost Levels fame. If you're not familiar with that, lostlevels.net. He is the one who would hunt down all the prototype cartridges like BioForce Ape on the NES cool. and then release yes. them to the internet for everybody to have. So 
Um, Derek H says, isn't Don Bluth making a new Laserdisc game? Not that I know of, but that'd be cool. Uh, also, um, oh, on the side of uh, Ocean, also Simon Dinosaur Pie Butler, uh, he did some segments for Retro Gaming Roundup, and he actually commented on um, on our news story about it, where I, I said right. fans of Ocean Software <laughs> need to be checking out Retro Gaming Roundup. Um, so yeah, somebody made him hip to the fact that he's on there. So uh, he, he's a very foul mouth kind of guy, and he's very frank, but that's what I like about him. And he mm. worked on the, the Pivotal Ocean stuff. So anyway... So yeah, if you want to video game history, uh, sorry, it's gamehistory.org is that foundation and at Frank Cifaldi, that's F-R-A-N-K-C-I-F-A-L-D-I. And he is not the only person who's responsible for that. Um, If you want to see some of his early works, gamepreservation.tumblr.com, it's this big dump. They're the ones who found out recently like the legal reasons why Nintendo probably can't release Donkey Kong, the arcade version. And if you want to know about that, um, that's in the newest Retronauts mini episode. Jeremy Parrish did it himself. It's really well done. I sometimes have some criticisms for Retronauts. Not this time. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, I think that's cool because Frank Cifaldi is going through stuff, uh, and his team are going through stuff like design docs. You know what I mean? Or like... Yeah, yeah. You know, Jam, say yeah one more time. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, For a second there, I didn't think you were showing up on the equalizer, but you are. Um, But uh, anyway, yeah, he grabs a lot of disposable stuff and a lot of just various stuff that you would think is probably trash that they learn interesting developmental stuff through. So I like that too, but it's a little thin, I guess I would say. So those are the important places. Um, then, of course, there's the people who are like, well, let's play everything and show it off. That is definitely mm. the realm I take with Cron CD. Crontendo Cron falls very much under that. Uh, let's not forget some of the main people who started this stuff. Uh, Gama Sutra with Christian Nutt as the edit- lead editor, but I do not believe he is uh, uh, responsible for the site as a whole. But I could, like, he is, I mean, you know, I don't know that he created it, but maybe he did. Um, and uh, also, uh, of course, Kirk Collada's wonderful site, Hardcore Gaming 101, hg101.net. Those are places where you can see games that... That's you a know, good website, yeah. Yeah, that you can't really find anywhere. And for a while there, remember, I was playing a bunch of games. Now I kind of like to skim them down into much smaller batches where people can kind of just get a feel for the game because emulation exists right it's so available and games themselves we've done a pretty damn good job of archiving a significant portion of them we may not have 100 but we're doing a pretty rock solid 95 to 97 percent of games you know um newer games sure those fall under piracy i wish we didn't even have to do any of this stuff but whatever um my point is, is that um, <clears throat> that's another part of it is uh, how do you even know what to look for if somebody doesn't show it to you, right? And how do you know about these unreleased games if someone doesn't show it to you? So that's kind Absolutely. of the realm I'm trying to go into. Uh, do I think that's really good for video game history? Perhaps. Maybe it just mainstreams that stuff. But behind every game, there's a good story, and I like that kind of stuff. Uh, I think the best work that's going on is what these museums and uh, what this uh, video game foundation is. I, I love what GameHistory.org is trying to do. I love what Frank Cifaldi's trying to do. But, 
you worry about the sustainability of it, but I'm definitely rooting for him um, because I do think something it's like true, that. True, yeah. Sustainability is a good point, actually, because I think that's something that that might be even why kind of what the question is even tenting to a little bit is the you know how's this stuff kind of kept going in a way <laughs> well what i like about his team and safaldi's always done this is he gets his hands on it but then he immediately finds a way to make it easily accessible on the web and distribute it to everybody and that is we need more people like that because for every one frank safaldi there is there's 4000 collectors who want to own the only wu-tang clan disc because they're a fuck you know yeah. and and yeah. i'm sorry <laughs> i'm not criticizing collectors there's nothing wrong with collectors but i do think that collecting is its own game and i don't know that that necessarily makes you retro it can but i think a lot of the most popular retro yeah. people are all these collectors right like look at Look at John. John from VGO, Video Game Outsiders. He was just a big collector of arcade games for the longest time. That wasn't helpful to anyone. I'm glad you found this rare cabinet for nothing and you started this whole distribution cycle. But then when he started making videos on how to fix them and how to help other people get that going, yeah. awesome, right? That's it, pretty cool, yeah. And it's the same thing with collectors. I should they call themselves retro podcast? They can. I just think you should yeah. straight up be upfront about we are not for collectors. Like clearly we're not, we talk about it a little bit, but people probably go nuts because we don't talk about the rarity of things. We don't talk about this stuff. Our diamond in the rough article was not popular among our audiences, which is where I talk about like the expensive and rare and super hard to find games. People don't really care that mm. much. Um, I think we have a lot more players that are more interested in stuff like that. So anyway, uh, what I, also like to say though is at the same time i have said this many times and jam you know this too yeah i like to keep my copy of snatcher because it's got a big west coast video sticker all over it and no collector in their right <laughs> mind would want it at that same time what the fuck business do i have buying a boxed copy of snatcher at a at a game store I don't have any reason mm. to put it on display. I have no business buying it. All I'm doing it is taking it out of the hands of a collector. You know what I mean? It's also the reason why I'll tend to buy cart only or disc only because yep. I can find a scan of the manual online from people who are archivists and I can just play the game, you know? So, you know, either one's fine, but I think in the same regard that, you know, collectors are their own genre. I think we should also be respectful of collectors and know that like, if you find something really cool, if you want it and you want to collect it, that's fine. But if you're just looking for a game, Absolutely, yeah. if you're just looking for a game, you know, maybe if it's something super rare, maybe you buy the crappier version because you're just going to play it, you know, or emulation or something instead of the rare one, you know, um, which is why they mm. need to re-release games. Uh, anyway, last point, Andrew says, uh, something video game archivers need entirely. to keep in mind <laughs> is to preserve both NTSC and PAL releases as well as greatest hits and other re-releases. <laughs> Some preservers are just stupid and doing a crap job. I'm going to have to agree with him there. How many times, Jam, have you or I gone looking for a game or a ROM or something? Or especially for me, I like to play original hardware. So I'll try to go find mm. a PlayStation 1 game to play and the PAL version's there. Well, it'll my PlayStation will play the PAL version because I've modded it, but it won't play on my TV. You know? Yeah. It's a problem. So, um, SCART might fix that now. I might have that problem taken care of now. <laughs> SCART might be the great definer. But before that, and for most people, yeah, that's, that's rough. Uh, Andrew says... Um, 
You make a rip of a retail disc and keep shared until the world ends. There's no better way to preserve games than in their original form. I agree with that. Yeah. Like like all these emulation sites that I used to attack are doing the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> I do think... Oh, yeah. Well, no. What I do think they need to do, and, um, and, and you know who you are. A couple of you follow me, and I think you're listening to the podcast, so I thank you. The one thing I think you need to do, though, is when... When Digital Eclipse and Capcom released the Mega Man collection, one through six have to disappear from your site. When Earthbound Zero finally comes to Virtual Consoles, Earthbound Beginnings, buy Earthbound. It's no longer part of our site. You know? And tell why. We don't have this because it's on the Virtual Console because Nintendo chose to bring it. And they don't often do that. Go buy it, please. You know? Yep. Um. Yep. Not <laughs> you know, and I know they don't want to give up that traffic, but how much could you possibly be giving up? Or eh, actually on the same side, the cynical side, the people who are going at crazy asking me for a free McBoot memory card so they can play a game they could easily buy for eight cents up the street. Like I Googled some of these games on eBay. They're two ninety nine. It's like, why are you going out of your way to mod your PlayStation 2 to play this? Um, we are a culture who would rather steal something than play it than buy it. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, you know, that's not everybody, but a lot of retro game players would rather steal something than buy it. So, anyway, great question. Let's keep that conversation going. If you want to send us something, absolutely, or you yeah. want to continue your own thoughts on this, um, gaminghistory101.com forward slash contact or contact at gaminghistory101. Or I forget to mention the Twitter at the real gh101. A lot of people yeah, just we should, we tweet us. Yeah. yeah, just tweet it. If you can do it in a hundred characters, knock it out, baby. So, um, Jam and I regularly monitor that one. So, anyway, uh, real quick, a much easier one. I think Dave asked, "What are our hobbies outside of uh, outside of uh, video games?" Got any big ones to mention, Jam? Oh uh, well, I I play guitar badly. That's one of my nice. hobbies at the moment. That's that's one thing I do. Um, would say it's it's kind of it's kind of linked to. Um, retro gaming but i'm actually kind of i'm taking up a hobby if i'm programming raspberry pi and pies at the moment that's i know it's not really gaming but it's um programming small computers because there's little projects you can do with that that are not gaming related at all like recently uh fred i programmed raspberry pi to measure the humidity in the air why not <laughs> you know, <it's> just <laughs> screw it but which is i i i've had a ton of fun with that thing it is it, it really does remind me of the kind of old days of um because it is that hardware was ba inspired by the bbc micro back from the 80s that old microcomputer but it's a if you if you're someone that's not really good at programming which is definitely me in a nutshell um or you're someone that's just interested but you don't you're a bit kind of worried about messing things up and the raspberry pi is a great place to kind of for anybody because it is a computer and it's dead cheap as well. It's what is it in Fred in America? Over here, it's like uh, thirty-five pound. It's like maybe fifty bucks in America. I don't know. No, it's thirty-five bucks. Be pissed. Is it? Oh, that one. maybe it's maybe it's cheaper. No, no, no. Maybe it's cheaper in the UK. Then I must be thinking thirty-five dollars because. And it depends like on which low... one you buy. There, there are certain ones that have some of the accessories built in. You know, I believe the Retro Pie bundle, which is what a lot of people like to do, is about seventy bucks. <clears throat> yeah, it gives yeah, you all the components you, you need to build a Retro Pie. 
you, but I would even stretch to some people like you don't necessarily a lot of the stuff you need things like HDMI cables because you, you don't need to spend too much really you might because most people have HDMI cables lying around these days anyway um, mm. like most people have a USB keyboard most people have a USB mouse so these are things that are included in that bundle thread as well so you, you could save yourself a lot yeah. of money if you yeah. just yeah. Uh, yeah so that's another thing I do um, but um, yeah that's probably about that I, I always do other little bits and bobs I read comic books and stuff like that I read, I read books generally uh, and of course I listen to a lot of music because I used to, I used to uh, back in the day I used to do a radio show um, which was uh, music based so I, I end up with a ridiculous CD collection for some reason nice. <laughs> nice. yeah um, I, I like to work out. I really do. Um, I used to like to get drunk a lot. And the only thing that kind of makes me feel the same, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I used to like to get drunk probably. And, and not like loaded, loaded, but like I used to like to kick back quite a few drinks about two or three times a week. Um, <clears throat> just went through a time in my life where I decided not to. Um, didn't have any health problems, but I'm sure it would have given way to some at some point in my life. Uh, started going to the gym because believe it or not, the only thing that comes close to the feeling I get when I'm drunk is that feeling I have when I'm all like pumped up after working out, you know, and I wouldn't say I'm like a workout fetishist. Like I don't walk around and flaunt it. I don't tell people they need to do it. Um, if you don't live with me, you probably don't know. I go to the gym very often. Um, I don't think I mention it too much on here, but maybe I do. Um, but, uh, so I like doing that. Um, and, uh, I mostly do just a, a large amount of cardio. I have bad knees, so I don't run. I do elliptical. So, you know, again, where I live, why are you on the girl's elliptical thing? Because eh, I'm a girl. Um, and then I do I do lift because uh, I like to keep myself in strength. But I do a lot of the regular practical stuff like dips and pull-ups and things like that. And I do very slow, very high reps uh, as opposed to um, you know quick reps. Um, so anyway, so that's the kind of workouts I do. Um, but uh, the other thing I like to do is write. Um, I've actually been, obviously, mm. <laughs> I haven't been doing as much stuff for Gaming History 101, but it's because I'm, I'm writing in a new way. I write all the scripts for the videos I do, uh, and I've also been writing a book on the side. So um, I'm hoping to kind of release yeah. that to like Kindle or something. I'll let Sweet. you guys know, but it's kind of a bunch of collective stories about my love and sex life. So you may or may not be interested in that. Uh, <laughs> I will definitely be interested in There's probably now. not a video game in it, but uh, it's fun. It's fun and funny, and it's very... Uh, it's very self-dissective and probably self-deprecating by definition. But anyway, um, <laughs> Clue Drew said, you have mentioned drinking a number of times. Yes. Uh, I don't know why. I feel like drinking is just something that was always something culturally worth saying you do. I don't even know if it's culturally for me. I don't know if I would go so far as to say for Americans or anything like that. So it's just something for saying whatever. But uh, again, and I didn't quit drinking. Um, but like I said, like uh, it's been a long time since yeah. I've gotten drunk. I, you know, usually have like one, maybe two drinks a week and usually not on the same night. You know, it's just alcohol is just like everything else, like coffee and soda. You know, it's just yeah. something you have once in a blue moon. Well, no, actually, I lied. I probably have one coffee and one diet soda a day. But, uh, you know, hey. All yeah, right. I have too much coffee. I need to cut down on that crap. <laughs> yeah, unless you're diabetic. Uh, I think they've said that five cups of coffee a day is is still within safe ranges. So. Already. If you're going to abuse something, Jam, tea's another good one as long as you don't put sugar in it. 
So same thing with coffee. I'm, I drink black weird, coffee. Bit, so. Despite living in in England, Fred, I'm not a big tea drinker. Apart, you and I are going to get along great if we meet yeah. up, which we may do soon. So, <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm sure people came here for a very thought provoking, <laughs> long drawn out <laughs> ranking of the uh, NES Classic Edition. <clears throat> And I don't think they're going to get that. <laughs> yeah. oh, well. But uh, do we want to rank these up. games? I've, I've got the list here, yeah. I think we can do it. In, uh, I think we could do it in 15 minutes. <laughs> All right, Jim. Do you have a list? Because if you don't, I've got one it's right It's getting here. up now. So yeah. Okay. Right. Because but... I, I always say, I, I was thinking straight away off the mark um, with with this um with the nes i have you don't have one do you fred because i have one of these uh no no i was i was one of the couple of people along with jeremy Parrish and various others that were like oh there will be plenty of these on shelves nintendo's <laughs> not stupid oh was yeah. i eating crow on that one i'm sorry to anybody who took my advice <laughs> but uh anyway but I I have one. I I mean I've I mentioned this already. Um, <laughs> that I I got lucky really, where I actually I actually stumbled across this in a store um, a few weeks after it was released as well. Lucky you. So despite, yeah, I, I it's funny, but but despite that, I I had I'd never seen one since then though. I mean I just I just happened to get lucky. I was working in a town, um, uh, quite a popular town as well. I'm surprised that it was and and it was I was just I looked I was went into one of the local game stores there. Um, like game your game which is the yeah. uk's equivalent of GameStop, um and uh it was literally just sitting behind the counter and i was wondering you kind of look at it and think oh that's probably just there to troll people or just to you know it's probably there for a pre-order or something and i just asked him um i just thought screw it let's just why not and then i said is that for sale they go yeah it's for sale they go it's our last one <laughs> and they, do, they do that sort of spiel and everything and of course the second question I asked do you have the spare controller no <laughs> of course not so but it doesn't that matter I because feel i like i was able to find more often so yeah i've heard that from people as well but it, i didn't need the second controller anyway because i have i still one of those weird people i hang i hold held on to my um wii um classic controller the original wii classic controller um which you plugged into the wii remote fred to play the um virtual console games do you remember that mm -hmm. so and that works that that's compatible with it so i've got two controls yeah. for the system already um and that actually in a weird way despite it's good to have the nes controller because it's you know it is classic and it's like the old the old system the other control is pretty good because if you press the home button on that that resets the nes it goes back to the home menu on the nes mini itself whereas without that you have to press the reset button to do that <laughs> so, i heard that, that no but that's why they made the cords short yeah yeah, they, well, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing you a, they were doing you a favor jim a solid if you will yeah of course yeah absolutely so <laughs> Thanks, Nintendo. Oh, you're always, you're always looking out for me. <laughs> By the way, people are asking about my knees real quick, not to get too much into it, but no, I never, <laughs> I never had, I no, I never had knee problems, but unlike a lot of people, well, I don't know. It's been my experience that people hear things, their doctors tell them like, don't do this, do this. And they don't do it. And I do. So like when my doctor was like, yeah, you're getting older. Maybe you shouldn't drink as much. I stopped drinking. Uh, same thing with this one. He was like, no, your knees are fine. He goes, uh, you know, I see a little bit of, uh, 
you know, evidence. I, I saw an orthopedic who actually works with the Chiefs, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, I kind of trust his stuff. And he goes, no, they're fine. He goes, I see you've got some swelling here during your pain. And he goes, it's probably your kneecap like bleeding into the joint. And he goes, but your x-rays and MRI and everything looked fine. He goes, um, if you want to avoid having problems, switch to a bike or an elliptical. And B. Mulligan says elliptical and biking greater than running, uh, better than running. Um, and so I just did. <laughs> I just didn't yeah. want to have knee problems. I'm all, I also learned I'm flat-footed, and my favorite types of shoes to wear are Converse All-Stars. Nope. Um, I am able to wear Converse All-Stars. I just have to be careful. Like when I went to PAX or game conventions and stuff, I used to wear Converse All-Stars. Now I wear bullshit, you know, running shoes that I think look stupid on me, and I don't like tennis shoes, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, or running shoes for that matter. Um, some people do like them. I'm not dogging them. I just don't like them on my feet. Um, but I wear them. So if you ever see me at a convention or anything or, or walking up and down the you know streets of uh, you know um, Seattle, <laughs> we'll say, for like packs and stuff, I'll definitely wear the right kinds of shoes so that I don't do that. And I always have a brace so I can just plug it down. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> B. Mulligan says, fuck that. Drinking yep. is good for you. I read that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, again, drinking has its place. Uh, I'm, I, I feel like anybody who vilifies it, people. I feel like people <laughs> who vilify it too much have like some dark secret in their past that caused them to do it or had some trouble with addiction, which is nothing to scoff at. Yep. Um, but at the same time, cool. people who think it's the end all be all of human existence also are somebody you want to just put like a little <laughs> bit of an eye to. Um, but uh, anyway, um, but yeah, yeah. Andrew says I should have taken Kung Fu. I actually should have taken Kung Fu. It'd also be awesome to say I know Kung Fu and not just be like, you know, pretending to be uh, Reeves. yeah exactly <laughs> so i know kung fu uh but uh but yeah um drinking is good drinking is fun just don't do it uh probably as often <laughs> <laughs> as i used to like to do it uh my no, co-host no Hef, my co-host hefe <laughs> back in the day i mean we were probably you know eight drinks a night maybe 10 times three nights a week i mean it was it was heavy it was it was abusing alcohol (laughs) there's no other way to look at it but anyway um but yeah you need to flirt with addiction it's the spice of life all right we're not gonna do a lifestyle podcast um but jam i i'm gonna i'm gonna yes and and again yeah zogtree says life is full of addictions that's true like you think of any former addict and they're addicted to something else just not drugs or alcohol <laughs> whether it be coffee <laughs> cigarettes whatever like you just switch your addiction Substitute it, sex yep. Yep. <laughs> masturbation video games yep. it's all out there. yeah pick your pick your favorite <laughs> pick your poison that is no truer statement than than ever before but Jam, I think I'm going to agree with the chatters, though. I don't think we can justifiably knock this out. So Okay. Yeah, no problem. But you know what might be in our future? You and I will talk. We do a little horror show. Horror 101. Ooh, yeah. Right? And this Saturday, yeah, what, are we gonna, what are we going to watch, Jam? We're going to be watching a little Finnish film, Fred. Have you seen a Finnish film before? I have not seen a Finnish film before. <laughs> no, no, that's from what most Finland. people say. Yeah. That from Finland. Um, it's called Rare Exports, um, a Christmas story, and it, I'm <laughs> I'm very happy we're watching this film for Christmas as well. It is uh, I, I picked it up again because for some reason I don't know what happened to my copy. I think I might have given it away to someone else because it is one of those films, Fred, where I think what I did is I watched it and I handed it to another friend, and said, "Dude, you've got to watch this. <laughs> 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 you won't 
it's not quite as out there as um, a Thanksgiving turkey film in that sort of vein. But it, it just this is why I, I really quite like um I really like European films a lot, actually, from the, from places that are not the UK, because, boy, do they, they have some hell of imagination when it comes to horror. So. Nice. Well, and I've never seen it. And uh, while we're on the subject, uh, I will be drinking. That's why I'm trying to be quite vague. I don't want to spoil it for Fred, yeah, because Fred's watching it blind. Yes, <laughs> so. we watched Thanksgiving Blind with Jam, and now we're going to watch uh, Rare Exports in the Blind with me. Um, I will be drinking, not heavily, but I will I will be having a couple of drinks for that, so that'll be fun. Um he, he said it might enhance my experience, so I'm going to do that. So, But the reason I bring it up is Horror 101 is uh, one of our side projects that we do every other Saturday here on All Games at approximately, but again, it's a Saturday and I'm late and lazy, so that happens. Um, be, usually between, um, what is it, 3 and 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern and uh, 8 and 9 p.m. GMT. Um, we get mm-hmm. together and watch a horror movie and we do commentation over it. Um, if you've got it, you should watch it along with us. We usually recommend you've seen the film before you turn on the subtitles and you turn down or off the the actual movie. We don't reference specific parts of the movie. But we kind of use it as a guideline to steer a conversation yeah. about the film. And we do kind of MST3K if MST3K was more interested in critical analysis and uh you know behind the scenes information (laughs) (laughs) and i hope to announce that we've got it in our feeds i don't know if those feeds will be active because itunes seems to be slowest but uh i can tell you that it's been submitted to um stitcher um and uh and uh, itunes as we speak um so we'll see how that goes but uh, hopefully we'll have that um so yeah, 2017, I wanted to mention, uh, we gave a request for feedback from you guys for fundraising and we've gotten a decent chunk of it. So I wanted to say, uh, you have asked us, many people were going to be busy, um, the week of, uh, uh, the, the next week. And so had asked us not to do something. And then Jam and I had stuff come up and it was probably in our best interest not to. So we'll be doing the fundraising sometime in uh, probably the middle of January. So we'll keep you posted. But uh, it's going to be a week's worth of festivity. Somebody else also said they wanted to see the 24-hour live stream. So I don't know, Jam. Maybe we should do the 24 hours. Yeah. With you you, uh, coming in and at least taking eight hours off my hands. Um, I do know that internet and and whatnot will be a difficult one, but... uh uh, oh, that we'll do, we'll do what we can. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I know you're lim- somewhat limited in what you have streaming capabilities for, but uh, you know, I've got some crazy ideas and, and some things coming up. The other thing I wanted to mention is, yes, I heard you loud and clear. So, Cron CD is coming back, and it will have a regular schedule. Stay tuned. Follow the Real GH101 Twitter or subscribe on YouTube, youtubecom VGPTGS. And I'd do it sooner than later because you might get a little surprised this holiday season. So, um, you know, stay tuned for that. But uh, going back to the bi-monthly schedule every two months, Version is going to become a bi-weekly show. Once every two weeks, Version's coming. So stay tuned. Those are coming sooner than later as well. Um, And then I'm going to go back to Retro Game Night on Fridays. But what I'm going to do is a weird hodgepodge of what I've done in the past. So I'm going to make a little short, like five minute documentary video on the history of a specific game and then, um, play it. So, um, you know, you'll be able to see, and that little hodgepodge video will go on YouTube as the like intro 
and then there will be a link, but I won't actually list it on the YouTube of the live stream. If you want to watch the live stream, it'll be archived there. You can check it out and things like that. I think my goal will be to try to like beat games. And then of course we'll do random stuff where like we continue through and try to play through entire games. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you know, yeah. if, if, if the game necessitates that. So stay tuned for all of that. And of course, outside of Cron CD, give me all of your feedback on what... Uh, you know, what games you want to see and things like that. And we'll try to get uh, jam in and whatnot. So, um, yes. And thank you for everybody. Also future Tarzan reminds me because he's in there and so are others. If you are a Patreon backer, we have n turned off the charges for Patreon. I think we're bringing that back. I actually, I know we're bringing that back at least for a beta test. So if you are one of the, we have a handful of backers, uh, and you're not used to getting charged. I sent you a message last week through the Patreon thing. Um, <laughs> go in there and adjust your contributions because we're going to flip that some bitch on in about a week and a half here and you will get charged at the end of January. So, um, we're going to give that a go and see what happens with this new push. Um, the last part is for our original content. I've created a vidme page, vid.me forward slash gh101, and I'm just bringing over some stuff. But if you don't want like all the live stream stuff and all the weird tests I've done over time and all that stuff, um, that's that's going to be in there. So yes, if you want to do the Patreon thing, it's patreon.com forward slash gaminghistory101. Um, so let us know that is right now on a per project basis, it's going to switch it up. But yeah, Jam, we'll see if we can get together and maybe do an early thing or something. Now, I believe that's Christmas Eve though, this Saturday, but we're going to figure it out and uh, maybe we can do our, our, our NES thing before we hop into the horror movie. We'll see. So yeah we'll give it a shot absolutely Stay tuned. so all right with that i think we're going to close this out with none other than the fantastic oh, run gonna, dmc yeah yeah can get a little Sweet. run dmc going in here but uh but thank you everybody hope you all have a merry christmas happy hanukkah uh, merry kwanzaa uh, i know i'm missing is it is ramadan coming up i think it's gone okay please I hope you did have a good Ramadan um, and any other religion you may or may not have. If nothing else, then I hope you enjoy some time inside with or without family playing some games over this uh, this holiday season. And we will be back next week to wrap up Sleepy Dogs. And if you sleep, oh, I did it. Damn it. <laughs> Sleeping dogs. I told Jam I would screw that up at some point in an actual show. Um but uh, yeah, uh, and if you really are down to turn and burn, you should be good. You can knock that sucker out in about 15 hours, I think. So I'm getting near the end. Yeah. and Especially uh, just stick with the mission, story missions. Well, yeah, I'm get getting to the end and, and doing the first half with all those side missions definitely helped me out because there's very little to do with each new story mission on the side. So anyway, all right, with that, here we go with our closing. Peace out, everybody. Take care. Look at his